sideways though there we go you, you know what's funny i think you always looked at me sideways <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even... all right hey folks friends and fiends welcome to kettle whistle radio again the apocalypso <laughs> story arc carries on unfortunately our country's still a mess but lots of people checking in I, you've heard from each coast i believe uh, <laughs> so far in the midwest now this is uh, an old friend um, um well we're being reintroduced to each other again here Miss, Missy Posterly, we go back uh, to working days in cubicles together, and uh, she is an Ohio person transplanted to uh, Vegas. What a story it is. And I, I welcome Missy. Thank you for doing this and coming on to Kettle Whistle Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Cinderella's story, uh, how do we start with you? <laughs> well, let's start where um, we met. So back in the cubicle days, what was that, 2009? Oh my God, yeah, I think that was, yeah. Yeah. We sat next to each other doing, I don't even know what our job was. Uh, exactly. Post-closing. Uh, for anybody that works in mortgages, um, yeah, the worst part of it, right? We yeah, were, it was awful. We are liable for everything. I just remember having to check, like, a grammar or, like, spelling of people's names. Like, that's what we did all day long was going through these closed loan documents and correcting other people's mistakes, right? Yes. Yeah. Pretty much what yeah, and making some new ones. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of oh, course. God, I don't know. Much scrutiny, much scrutiny. But yeah, my God, well, that's when I met you, and you were but a kid. <laughs> Literally, uh, yeah. To say the least. Yeah. And uh, I had to start out, it was like the first day, and uh, I remember you were you were dressed to the nines. You looked great, and I'm just like, who is this person? You know. And um, I had to train you. You didn't need much training, but you were, you were quiet. So I didn't know what that was going to mean for the rest of us. Um, I, <laughs> there was a plan. Yeah. And then I would learn to regret the words, hey, Dave, remember when I was quiet? <laughs> <laughs> what was that yeah. about? Uh, <laughs> the sleep, sleeping giant. 
I've never really been much of a shy person, but I think that because being in like a corporate setting, I yeah. mean, I had to be a little bit more careful with how I acted. <laughs> That's uh, just funny. Just because I, I was so used to working in like restaurants and stuff, and then I think like I'm going to this big corporate office building in in Pittsburgh. You know, the little girl from Youngstown. Um, so I, I think I have to be a little more professional. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we we uh, quickly learned I didn't have to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that. Yeah, it was the environment. I'd say the people and the environment. But uh, yeah, we, we had fun. We definitely had a good we, time. <laughs> we did. And then I left. And then it was like a few months later, I moved to Vegas. Well, actually moved to Colorado first, remember? I do remember that. Well, vaguely remember that. I remember that you talking about it. I just remember when you left and you're going away party and that was it. Yep. So we moved to Denver. We lived there for about six months. And it was like a horrible time with the economy. Couldn't yeah. find jobs to save our lives. Um my husband had to go through an agency and he was fueling airplanes at the Denver airport, which was 45 minutes away from where we lived. I talked and to him during that period because he's a Rob Zombie fan and we were talking about yes. Rob Zombie back and forth. I remember he was doing that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he was making $10 an hour to fuel airplanes in the dead of winter. <laughs> and he had to go through an agency and pay someone like $3,000 to even get that job. Oh, yes. I, that, that, wow, that rings a bell. So, yeah, that must, mm -hmm. must have been my last transmission from Mr. Chris Posterly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that was the big... Uh, and then tax season came around. It was like, okay, are we going to take this money and go back to Youngstown, or are we going to try something different? And that's when we decided to come to Vegas. Yes. Now, Missy, you are a uh, club owner, from what I understand. Um, club owner, wish. Manager. Manager. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, I, boy, did I misread that one. Well, no, but seriously, uh, but how does that work? Like from, huh? so how did you got there with Chris and a job or you just went, did you have something lined up when you got to Vegas? Um, yeah. So there's a guy from Youngstown, um, a little bit older than me. He's my brother and sister's age, but he had already lived out here and he made a really good name for himself in the club industry. So I hit him up and I was like, Hey, I need a job. Is there anything available? He's like, just move out here. We'll figure something out. So I was coming here in the in the hopes that, you know, something would work out. But again, I had no idea what I was walking into. Because uh, this place is, it's nothing like you'd ex expect when it comes to trying to find a job. Okay. Really? It was difficult? Um, well, yeah, because they expect a certain look. Okay. You know? Oh, now I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, so when I first moved here, I, I looked like I came from Youngstown. Because I did. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> Interesting. I, I don't know what that look would be. So yeah, so I um I came out here and honestly they didn't want to hire me though. Like, okay. I went and interviewed with some people and they were like, oh yeah, we'll call you. Um and you know the guy luckily he was big enough in the company where he was like, no please just do me this favor hire her. So I ended up cocktailing um at an after hours club and I was there for quite a few years, probably four or five years, and then we opened a mega club and that's where I work currently as a manager. So that's in, at the Cromwell, um, right at the intersection of Flamingo and Las Vegas Boulevard. So it's right in the heart of the Strip. Mm -hmm. uh, it's on the rooftop of the casino, beautiful venue, beach club, nightclub, and then they still have the after hours. Is that the definition of a mega club for the novices out there? Yeah, it would be more like, um, I mean, our capacity is like four, forty-five hundred, 4,500, somewhere around there. So yeah, like that big of a venue with the artists and entertainment that we have, yeah, that would be like a mega club. What kind of artists do you get there? Because, I mean, I, now we're crossing streams here, quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's all hip-hop. Yeah. Um, we, we started, I mean, the Vegas club industry was more like DJs and house music and right. 
get like a, a pop-up person. I'm talking like before I even moved here, it would be, you know, like a Kim Kardashian would do a pop-up like I was here and that would be the cool thing. Um, yeah, right. That would be the cool thing. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? There it is. So, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, then it moved into these ridiculous DJs where they would pay them four and five hundred thousand dollars a set to just play other people's music. I've you know, heard of, like, yes, that, that, yeah, that's big, like Calvin Harris and all those those you know house DJ names that you hear, mm-hmm. like the ridiculous amount of money. So then we moved into more of a live event venue, um, and it started off like I mean with some hip hop or some R and B kind of DJs or performers, and then it moved into like Nelly future like bigger hip-hop names nice. that we pay, we pay a lot of money I'll bet. Um, but they, they bring in a great crowd you're not allowed to divulge how much but like can you give kind some kind of numbers when you get somebody uh, like that definitely don't pay them four and five hundred thousand dollars but if we have um like migos would be probably one of our biggest acts ah. and on like a, a new year's weekend they would get a significant amount of money like not four hundred thousand but definitely somewhere up there wow okay that's good. No, this is all very, again, a lot. We have a lot of people here from all, I mean, we, all genres of music and cultures. It, it doesn't matter. And yes, we get rap on here. It's harder. It's like pulling teeth to get certain kinds of acts sometimes. Right now, um, for some reason, uh, metal bands, i um, not sure why, but, um, and uh, rappers too. Like, it's hard. I don't know if it's just like they're looking for the perfect deal or whatever, but I'm just like trying to get it out there for them. Right. Yeah. So and a lot of them, I tell them just get on Spotify, man. Uh, do that. A lot of people do that. It's awesome. But yeah. yeah. So that being said, that's interesting though. You're giving me a little uh, insight there. Um, uh, you got any stories that backfired with an artist without saying their name? Um, honestly, the people that the artists that I've dealt with, they're not that bad personally. It's more their entourage or their people that think they're important. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. We get a lot of athletes that come in um, that I have to deal with directly. Um, you know, I was, I don't want to like call out anybody from name, but right. um, one specific basketball player I was really excited to meet, you know, being from Ohio. Oh, no. Uh, really excited to meet. And, I can know, see I, the I, disappointment in your face right now. <laughs> but I was always so excited to meet him because I'm like, he's such a stand up guy. He's always like had the same wife since high school you know does so much for his community i was like oh, i can't wait to meet him and then as i see him he's getting one of my cocktail servers numbers and i was like <laughs> no you're supposed to be a good person <laughs> that sucks oh that's yeah i knew it was gonna be something like that oh that's a yeah. shame i mean you see a lot of that in vegas you know and you you, you have to turn the other way because you know you want to keep a yeah a professional you know stance on it where it's not your business stay out of it i'm not trying to call tmz every time something happens exactly Um, yeah yeah you're you're put in a really interesting position there yeah yeah we get so many athletes that come in like straight from a game you know like we'll get people that fly in right after they play in texas or something like that or after the super bowl a lot of the teams that win they come there right after because we have such a huge like hip-hop community um then they just love like future they love migos or whoever that's awesome though that's got to be fun i mean you do have fun right Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I definitely have fun in my job. I mean, I've, I've met a few people where it's like, you know, like Snoop Dogg. He came back in my service wall and was like hanging out and talking with us. And I was like, this is so cool, you know, because it's Snoop Dogg. Of course. <laughs> oh, my God. Like a legend. Yeah, still. He just gets bigger and bigger. I, I love him. I, I did get to see him. I never got to meet him. 
But yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of music, we're going to take a quick break here because well, lucky enough, uh, last show I got to premiere the new uh, Power Man 5000 song within six hours of it being released, sort of, at least to people like us. <laughs> and um, so I got uh, Ty Oliver, let me play it on the show, and we, we discussed. I've had them on before, actually. Great guys. you got to meet them. I swear to God. B book Power Man 5K at your place, anywhere. They are a fun band. They're the best cover band in the world, no joke. They, they actually will tell you that. But their their own stuff is they're so much fun. I mean they're they're meant for like Vegas, and they probably will hate me for saying that. Anyway, so the new song um, is called Black Lipstick, and we're, we're gonna put that on right now for you guys. I think you listened to it, did you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I also think Chris is a fan. Yes. Yeah, Spider One. So, all right, well, we're going to give it a, a listen right now, folks. We'll get right back with Missy Hoster Lee. We want to know what kind of state of mind she's in in Vegas during this crazy time called COVID. All right, thanks for listening. I don't remember your name. I don't remember how we met. We made it home on the train. But after that, I just forget. You said life is a lie As you laid down on the bed Then you started to cry You sang Bella Lugosi's dead You left black lipstick Black lipstick on my sheets Black lipstick 
all over me
not wearing mask, you know, my body, my choice. Now that's 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 a good thing. It is your body, it is your choice. But but it, now when you get sick and you have to go to the hospital, can they say, well, I decide it's my body, and I since you don't care enough about yourself or or the rest of us, that means I shouldn't have to take care of you. But that's just me, because listen, we have here in New York, New Jersey, we have these Hasidic communities, and I'm Jewish that are going on with all these events, with weddings and funerals and all this, and packing places and not giving a shit, and doing whatever the fuck they want. Oh, I swore again. I pardon me. And doing whatever they want. Now, they get sick. Do they go to the hospitals? Are they have to, do, they get t- do they get taken care of? That's a crock. That's a crock in my book. And I don't like it at all. I think it's disgusting. I think it's despicable. I think all these people complaining. I, I want to go back to work. I lost 90% of my business. I'm a personal trainer. Can't train people. You can do some virtual stuff. A lot of people don't want to do virtual. People want to be hands-on. They want to do hands-on. They really don't like the virtual. They should try it. It works. But they don't want to do it. And I find it interesting that I am accepting this. And, you know, we got to get people healthy because I don't want to, I don't want my client, I don't want my clients getting sick. I don't want my parents getting sick. I don't want parents dying. You know, that's the thing. We can't come back from, you can always come back from not making money. You can't come back from dying. When you die, it's all over. And these people driving around honking their horns, thinking, you know, I don't, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not doing this, going to the state capitol, all this stuff. Let them all get sick. You know, you hear these, these, uh, you know, these, if, uh, televangelists and all that, saying, you know, God and saying, people saying it's brought over. Really? It was created in a lab in China? Really? Is that, is that true? China decided to make some things. To, I heard, read that also that to, to compete with the U.S. I mean, it's just, as all this stuff is asinine. And I just feel like, you know, I can't relate to the, that's nothing, public dress announcement, uh, what's it, uh, public PSAs? I don't need Robert De Niro to tell me to stay home. I don't need Larry David to tell me to stay home. I don't need anybody to tell me to stay home. An athlete, anybody. I don't need A-Rod. I don't need J-Lo. That does not make me, I can't relate to you. When you have millions upon millions, when you have liquid, liquid, millions in the bank, I can't relate to you. I can't relate to your house. I can't relate to your life because this isn't affecting you the way it's affecting me. You're being stuck inside and taking a little business away, but you will bounce back. I mean, I hope I bounce back. You know, we're going to bounce back. That's all I keep saying we bounce back. But it's not happening anytime soon. And I'm okay being in 300 square feet with my girlfriend. We're getting along fine. There's a lot of television to watch. I can binge watch. You got to work out. Because if you don't work out, you go a little loco. But I also don't feel that these protesters not wearing any masks and they have the right to bear guns. Listen, everybody's allowed freedom of speech and all that. But I don't think I need to hear freedom of speech with a gun in your hand and get them pissed off because... It's, it's not going away. There are people getting sick and I can't, you know, people comparing it to the flu and all this. It's like different strain, man. At least the flu and that, flu and that stuff, you have, you have medicines to combat that stuff. We don't have a cure for this right now. And I, I'm, I'm just tired of, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm finding, I'm finding, you know, I can't relate to people who have a lot more complaining about how, you know, things are harder when, you know, regular Joes, we're just, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, hey, I wake up every day, every day's, every day's a weekend, basically. I mean, I'm doing some work, but every day, you know, it's the same. You don't, you, you forget what day it is and you go through your routine, you keep yourself busy as best you can and you wake up and you do it all over again and, and hope you don't get s- sick and you put a mask on like you should and stay six feet away from people and, you know, I figure that's a lot better because I was reading somewhere, they said, 
if there was, uh, if you knew three of 100 Skittles, because there's only 3% of the people getting sick, if you knew three of the Skittles in that 100, three of them could kill you, you wouldn't eat them. That's, I, I kind of agree with that. I, I you know, I, 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 I want to live. I want to I want to keep doing my I do a podcast JD talking sports drop the G on Facebook Twitter and Instagram and I want to keep doing my podcast I want to keep doing rants and I want to keep telling people that I don't need to hear from JLo and all them to tell me you know stay inside I know I to stay inside meanwhile you and freaking A-Rod went to a private gym to do a workout and had all videotaped that's another thing I don't need to see everybody working out. I don't need to see couples freaking working out naked and all this stuff. I don't need to see any of this stuff. I don't need people to, you know, they think they have to talk about everything. You know, that they have to tell me how hard it is and everything. I'm sorry, I just, I, I don't mind, you know, that's another thing, asking for money. You know, oh, can you, can, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I, I, I you know, I kind of live paycheck to paycheck, so I really don't have a lot of extra shekels sitting around to give you money. But you know what, George Clooney? You know what, uh, J-Lo? You know what, uh, uh, everybody else out there, you know, Ellen and all them? You, you got a lot more money than I do. You, you can help. You can, you can give some money, okay? You obviously have the money. Don't ask me to donate anything. I, you know, it's you know it's funny because somebody, you know, the 7 o'clock, they cheer. And I, listen, they are doing the, the job. But somebody was outside, I know, and he said they started cheering. He stood up and he was like, you know, thank you, thank you. Because, you know, I think, I, I, I don't believe, I think I think some people are doing it for a good thing, but I think a lot, I think other people are just doing it just to do it, to go along with the crowd. But when you see them, you know, hey, you're doing a great job. But they decided to do this. People who work, doctors or whatever, that's what they decided to do. They decided, this is what I want to do. I want to help people. And more power to them. I can't stand the side of blood, so I can never do it. I really can't. And, um, you know, I, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't want to have to, yeah, yeah. So that's all I got for right now. Have a great day. Stay healthy. Stay six feet away and wear a damn mask. And let's all get through this together because it's not going away anytime soon. And the more people protest, the more longer it's going to take me to get back to training clients in the gym, in a gym setting where I can be next. I can, I can train someone in a gym. I know it's never going to be the same again, but at least I can be back in a setting where I could be face to face with people. And we could all be face to face with people because I'll tell you, I know Zoom and whatever and FaceTime, it's, it's nice and all, but I don't want to keep doing this for the next year. This is Carrie Means, the voice of Frylock, and you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. Hmm. Spartans! And it goes a little something like this. Like this. Cinnamon Charles. Sit back and bask in the wackiness of Boku Askew TV. A YouTube channel featuring sock puppets, irreverent comedy, bizarro imagery, and oddball silliness aplenty. To watch now, visit youtube.com slash TV. Right, 
And we are back. Thanks for listening, folks. Well, she's from Ohio, folks, and she's in Vegas. It is a Cinderella story as far as I'm concerned. Um, when she picked her moment to leave, she picked it like things are calculated. You, you got out of Ohio when the time was right. You made that move and you moved on. You went to Colorado, eventually ended up where you wanted to be in Vegas. But I got to say, it was inspirational for me because you kind of when you left the place we we're working and I soon after was forced out, <laughs> so to speak. And um, things got better. Um, it opened up creativity. I'm like, you know, she's gone. She went and did this. I'm like, but there's this opportunity that came up with some other people that we knew, John Towers, number one. And you take those opportunities. Um, you, you took it. Do you have any regrets? Um, I definitely don't have any regrets about leaving Ohio. Mm -hmm. um, I think anyone needs to leave where they're from at some point to, to get a little perspective because, yes. you know, now being a mom, I have two twin girls, um, and I love Vegas. I love everything it has to offer, but I really want to raise them in Ohio, as crazy as that sounds. No, I mean, it like, makes perfect sense. I understand. I love where I'm from. I love having that, like, backbone of a city that's, like, you know, like, you find your grit there. You struggle, and you, like, learn how to work mm -hmm. hard. Yes. I love, you know, I don't, I don't want to give my kids anything. I don't want to hand them anything. I want them to, to grow up like I do, you know, and work for what they have. Yeah. Um, so I love the fact that I left and I still have that, like those roots in Ohio. Um, so I definitely don't regret leaving, but I do see myself coming back that way at some point. Yeah, I can see sure. that. I'm glad to hear you say that. That's refreshing. Um, I, I, cause I want to talk about comfort zones. I think a lot of problems that people are having out there is a lot of people that have problems, uh, and the people that cause the problems that nobody goes outside of their comfort zone. And if they did it, even just for a year or two, you kind of, you meet different people. And it's the people that stay in their comfort zones that, that this fear comes from, and then you have the hatred out there. Um, I don't know. What did when you got out of there? Like, were, did you leave your comfort zone behind? Um, I think I, I ran as fast as I could right. to get out of Ohio because of that comfort zone. Where it was, you know, I feel like I growing up, you you know, you make mistakes, you you get enemies, you make some bad choices, whatever. And I felt like I needed a fresh start. So you know, moving to Colorado was like a, a great great for me just to kind of like get out and figure out who I was and then even coming to Vegas like that was you know 10 years now I've been in Vegas and it's just been such a long journey of like partying and you know <laughs> like having fun and then you know my husband and I stayed together through all of it which is huge in that, this town that's huge um, in, in any town <laughs> yes <laughs> but when you have like the temptations of Vegas you know it's like the strip clubs and the 24-hour party and everyone mm. is supposed to be really hot you know like that's what the, the the surroundings that i have all the time i'm just happy my husband still likes me <laughs> <laughs> yeah by the way where do you have your modeling or pageant stuff up do you display anything anymore um i, I mean i still have my instagram all my pictures are still on there oh, okay um but i really do want to start my own podcast oh and it, i i love this oh, I love, okay i love talking <laughs> hmm. let me think about this uh all right uh that we will talk <laughs> we will talk. Yeah, we, we're we're having a renaissance right now. I, I, the the network is Society Thirteen. Um, you can go to Society Thirteen dot com, kids. And uh, we have currently four shows running. I, this one being, um, I guess, oldest, uh, but not the most listened to. You will love, but they are their own unit, and we leave them alone because when something's perfect, you let it roll. Three girls. Uh, reviewing, um, uh, well, let's see, horror movies and bad dating advice. That's the show. 
And That's amazing. They get they they have amazing amount of listenership. Uh, we have them on board. They're called the Queens of NC17. Um, yeah, you would fit in with us greatly here. So uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk. There's room to move here. Um, okay, I like that because we could use a show out there. And I all right, cool. You totally threw me off. Um, let's see. Okay. But here's something before I forget, because um, I don't know. How, do you have any horror fans? What, any horror friends? Yeah. What kind of horror like movies. Do they, like, do they like horror movies? I mean, I love horror movies. My okay. husband loves horror movies. Well, here we go. Okay. This Friday. Okay. I believe it is the 12th. Uh, the Quarantine of Terror Anthology will be running. Uh, it's only an hour long. It's from our time, uh, Eastern. Uh, six to seven Friday night. Uh, it's all independent horror films by all shorts, and they're all, all put together by this guy. Um, his name is oh my god, Todd Wolfson, who I drove crazy because I thought it was last week, and it's this week, folks. It is. So I promised I would talk about it again. So the Quarantine of Terror anthology on Facebook, and it's actually you have to look it up. It has its own page, and you can watch this thing for free. So there it is. I like that. Yeah, I just I just threw that out there. Um, <laughs> very important, very important. So, anyway, now, what is your frame of mind right now, Missy? I mean, how are you thinking at this moment in time with the way things are and employ employment wise, you, your living, your house, husband, life. Um, well, okay, so we found out at the beginning of March that we were going to close down. Um, and, you know, I thought it was going to be a week, maybe two weeks. You know, we just didn't know what was happening. We had our first case right around that time here in Nevada. Um, so it was like, cool, I get a vacation. You know, I was still getting paid at that time. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, we'll just see what happens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we weren't getting paid after that. You know, they paid us for a couple pay periods just to, you know, give us some comfort for what was going on. Right. Um, and then from there, it was like, okay, time to file for unemployment. Um, you know, my husband was unemployed. I'm unemployed. Uh, my mom and my stepdad live here also. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they moved here to help out with the twins. Okay. Uh, my mom helped with babies, and then my stepdad was also laid off. So we have four adults and two babies in one house, and oh no one's working. Oh, my God. And it's working. That's amazing. Yeah. How? Do, and you um, guys are all, like, still friendly and stuff? <laughs> no. No. Absolutely. <laughs> no. And, um, I mean, it, it's hard. You know, I don't live in a huge house, so it's a lot of people... Um, but you know, then it gets too hot outside, so you can't really go anywhere. You can't go anywhere anyway because of COVID. Oh God! Um, oh, I didn't. You know, yeah. So the babies they get, you know, restless. They want to go out and play, but it's 120 degrees outside. What are you supposed to oh, do? Oh my God! Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, so oh. I mean, it's it's been hard. You know, I have good days where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna learn Excel. I'm gonna learn Photoshop. You know, I'm I'm yeah. on the computer trying to learn new things. You know, that's where the podcast thing came from. Because I was, you know, I was like, I want to do something that I love. You know, I want to be able to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And I try writing, I try poetry, and I, I love all these things. But I'm like, what's what's next? What can I do next? You well, know, Missy, how about I mean, uh, just advice to young girls. Okay, uh, just anything. You, I mean, just ah, you always had a good head on your shoulders when I met you, and everybody makes their their mistakes. We all still make them. But um, just if, if you had some kind of advice, if it was a column, you could do it. Um, Podcasting is easy. You can do it. I, you could do. You're doing it right now. But if you had like an angle, I mean, it's something I could help you with. Yeah, for sure. We'd love to talk because it's it's something I've been wanting to do. That's what the one we talked about. The one I did the other day. It's mm. one of my good friend Gary. He has one. Okay. Um, but yeah, so you know, I wanted to learn as much as I could and try and figure out during this time like what 
I'm happy doing because I love running a, a nightclub. I love, you know, managing people. I love working with live music. I love chaos. You know, that's my favorite. <laughs> just being busy. And I don't want to, I don't want to just do something to do it. Of course I want to pay my bills and feed my family. But at the end of the day, if you're not happy doing what you're doing, what's the point of doing it? You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I truly believe that. So, you know, I'm like, what can I do next? And here we are. <laughs> well, yeah, but you're still plugging away. So, you're you plan on moving forward. You're not leaving. You're st- you're sticking to your guns. And like you said, if, at some point, you, you you do want everybody wants to come back home again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, but my, my family's still there. I mean, my mom's here, obviously, but you know, I think she'll she'll migrate back. You know, if we do, my grandparents are still there. Um, you know, all my nieces, nephews. I have a bunch of family that I would love to, my kids to be. You know, raised with them. So. So um, have you like now you haven't ventured out of the house uh, or like what is it like out there? It's got to be creepy as hell. Um, it was when it when it first started. The big thing everyone was like bikes are sold out everywhere right now. Bicycles. Yeah. Um, but the big thing was buying bikes and going on the strip and riding the strip at night because there was nothing there. Um, super eerie. You know, you go downtown Fremont Street, old Vegas. It's like it's creepy you know everything's shut down there's no lights there's no people it's just really eerie you know Mm. Um, now things are starting to open you know there's a lot more traffic coming back Um, casinos have started opening this week um, but there's no social distancing happening no Mm. one's wearing a mask everyone's still seated at every slot machine it's packed so there's nothing happening where it it looks like anyone's trying to social distance (laughs) oh wow really okay no I I didn't know that okay Mm -hmm. interesting Okay, but now, so you guys aren't opening at all, you said, till the new year? Um, honestly, I, I don't know. Nightclubs, it's really hard because, you know, you pack 4,000 people in a yeah. venue and tell them they have to stay away from each other. It's it's impossible. I, yeah, it's the whole point. <laughs> I mean, they're opening restaurants here where you could, you know, sit like every, you know, three tables away. But, I mean, and then there's – I okay, there is a Rock for Life show that's, that's going to be taking place out in uh, PA this weekend – coming up as well um and that like outside concerts i i went to a bigfoot symposium yesterday that was indoors uh but people i was wearing masks not everybody was wearing masks but nobody in the area had been affected but it's still it's kind of like well i'm coming so i, I wore the damn thing um sure. you know uh out of respect and then like but outdoor shows i i, I don't see that being a problem i, I you know because uh, if you spread out on a field i could see that you know? i think the Tickets for um, what just got canceled. I had tickets oh, for Shine Down. I had tickets for them. They got canceled already. Um, I have tickets for Stained Bad Wolves and somebody mm. else. I forget who. In in August, it hasn't been canceled yet. Yep. But I'm hoping that show yeah, is not canceled. Oh, I can't even begin to tell you. I mean, we're still waiting. I think we just found out that Faith No More and Corn got canceled. Uh, I think th- moved to next year, right? Yeah. I think they Exactly. Deftones, unfortunately, we missed that. Megadeth, my God. GBH, that's a punk band. You wouldn't like them, I don't think. Uh, but, but, oh, God, there's so many others. And it's just kind of, it's depressing. But, oh, I got the big one, too. The Def Leppard and Motley Crue and Mo- Joan Jett and, well, yeah. Poison. Well, hey. my, he works at a, a music theater here in town. It's at Planet Hollywood. It's called Zappos Theater. And they had Def Leppard. I, and, uh, yeah, I think I've seen live from that place on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they had some good... I was actually going to go help work there. Um, oh, cool. Everything shut down, so... Yeah, ah, <laughs> oh, shit. No, not cool. All right, so can you give me... Um, all right, best... Uh, what was the coolest surprise meeting celebrity you've had in your place? Honestly, I 
cried a little when I met Dave Chappelle. Yay! Because so, <laughs> he, he came in for like maybe two weeks straight. He was in there just partying. <laughs> and uh, he came back in the service while he was talking to one of the girls. And I, I text her as she was talking to him. I was like, Live at Fillmore is my favorite Dave Chappelle skit out of all time like and she, she's like oh come here and take a picture with him i was like really what? so we got a picture together yeah and i was like geeking because i just loved him so much so. dude oh no that's that's it man i think after i if i met him i wouldn't really have to meet anybody else yeah i'd be done so, <laughs> yeah he was super nice you know I, i've never really met anybody who was outright rude you know you okay. get some people like that part of their entourage is a little hard to deal with Ugh. but Usually they just, it's even hard to talk to one of those people one-on-one because they don't, their entourage doesn't let anyone near them. So. Okay. But yeah. when I look official, if I have my radio in, you know, I look maybe like I have something important to say. So Boom. Might- okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that works. Radios work. Ask John Towers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know, he used to work security. Uh, this is somebody we used to work with together, folks. Just so you know. How is John? John is John. Um, you, you can find all his stuff. He does a podcast called The Abacraxed. Don't ask me to se- to to uh, spell that for you, folks. But it's a good one. He has his own mythos going on. Uh, lots of crazy. He's just uh, his, he's still drawing comic books. He's still working sort of what we were doing. John Towers is the man. Uh, he he started this whole thing. I'll tell you more about that sometime too. It goes back to Red Horse Radio days. Some people may still be with me from that. But yeah, uh, long story. Good stories though. Good positive stuff. And that's what we're about is inspiration here. And hearing your voice, uh, you're the. I told Ty Oliver, uh, Power Man, like I wanted to talk to him because he's a very positive person. At least when I've met him, and uh, he was the only like celebrity I wanted to talk to and could possibly do, and come out of it in a good mood. And he put me in a good mood. Female wise, it was weird that we connected when we did. I, I got mad. I was like, she's doing somebody else's podcast? What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> and so, so I hit you up, and I was just like, hey. And uh, so I was like, yeah, that's the other person I want to reconnect with. And, it, yeah, it seems like you're still – you got that positive vibe going. Yeah, you know, I try to vibe it out as much as I can, you know. I'm trying to be a happy person because there's no sense of just being down all the time. It no. doesn't fix anything. No, it sucks, actually. <laughs> but, um, okay, can you talk – without naming names again, worst moment – in in your in your club, do you have a worst like oh my god? It's you know it's hard to pinpoint. I really haven't had anything where it's like wow this guy's such a dick. <laughs> it's always a guy too. <laughs> you got to get some crazy women. Um no really. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, we don't really get that many like celebrity women in. Like we had Nicki um. Minaj one year. Um, you know she doesn't really want to be talked to or you know bothered at all, which is fine. Like I get a lot of people don't really want to be talk to. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've had her, we've had Cardi. I mean, we've had people come in and just not want to be bothered, but I wouldn't say they were directly mean. <laughs> they want to be seen um, and not heard. <laughs> you know what, though? I will say, and I have no problem saying his name because the dick. Um, Mayweather, worst experience I've ever had. Ooh, shit. Yeah. He's made me cry twice. What? Yes. Oh, no. That, oh, yeah. He, wow. Yeah. So the first night I became a lead cocktail waitress, this is when I was still at After Hours, he did this huge, like, $7,000 bottle order. So we have all these girls come out, all these lights, big presentation, and I get there and I I go to have him sign his bill, and he starts yelling at me because he doesn't want to sign it. He wants to sign it at the end. You know, big thing in Vegas is when you buy something, you have to pay for it, you know, right away. You can't pay at the end. You know, that's not a thing. You drink all your alcohol and then you can't pay for it. That's a big bill, you know? Right, yeah. 
So he wouldn't sign his bill. So I freaked out because I don't want to get in trouble. So we took the whole order back and I'm crying, telling my boss, like, he won't sign it. He's like, it's fine. Like, have him sign at the end. He's approved. No big deal. And I was like, okay, as long as it's not on me, like, I don't want to get in trouble. Right. Uh, So, you know, whatever, you know, mistake, whatever. So then uh, the next time I go to wait on him, I was pouring drinks at his table and he started yelling at me. He's like, you don't pour drinks here. You don't pour drinks at my table. And I was like, whoa. I'm sorry like I'm just doing my job and he's like go make your money somewhere else I have money you go make your money somewhere else and I was like I'm literally just trying to do my job here like please stop yelling at me this is you know fresh in Vegas you know maybe my wow. first year there. I mean um, I don't care who you are wow yeah I mean I, I've dealt with him quite a few times after that and he I mean he doesn't really he's just not friendly which is fine okay. but for that first year for me in Vegas was really hard to deal with him because he he was very mean that's upsetting um, yeah that's upsetting now I've understand like I understand how he is because I've dealt with him so much now on a management level where it's just like I know how he is like I make sure the cocktail server is somebody he's gonna like and somebody he's gonna be friendly to and everybody else stays out of the way. <laughs> yeah, and we our hands tied, mouth tied, and then we just got to do. I I understand that sucks. Yeah, that's part of the service industry, you know. The customer's always right. We don't want to make people mad that come in right. and spend. Money. Uh, you know, like it's he he is a good customer of Dre's. Like he he comes in a lot, but. Yeah. My personal experience with him, my first year in Vegas, was not so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know what it is too. You get used to that too, and then that ends up being uh, kind of routine for you. You know, it's it's not a big deal anymore. You know, it just bounces off of you. Yeah, I'm looking at a, a different Missy here. Ten years ago, geez, that's so funny. It's so good to see your face. Um, I want to come out and see you. I hope things. Uh, I well, it, you know, it's going to come back. So yeah. I, it looks like you're you're positive about it. Um, anything you change right now other than the obvious? Is there something you change about yourself right now? Change about myself? Mm. Hmm. A good one. Um, no, I just, I wish I would have been a little more prepared for what happened with COVID. I I think that's just more like looking back on the time I've spent throwing money away or throwing time away and not getting a backup plan or figuring out what I wanted earlier and putting all of my eggs in one basket. You know, that's, that's probably the scariest thing for a lot of people during this time is that you know you like me i spent the last 10 years i just dropped you, know, you. <laughs> i just <laughs> I dropped you and you're putting all of my time and energy into this one venue and working for this one company and the thought that vegas nightclubs might not be a thing anymore is scary you know so it's just you know yeah. for me i wish i would have been a little more prepared for something bad like this to happen the way <laughs> which i guess I can't really control that but right right you know. Well, you know what this show is about too, like I said, independent artists and people, you know, to me, that's what you are. I mean, you made something from nothing and that's what all of this is. Um, and I was talking again to Ty about the whole thing, like um, just the fact that you're, well, you know, he's, they're, they want to make music. They're hungry. They put a release out during all of this. And I, I just see, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we have, we have, we have to wait through this, but it's going to come back and come back in some cases, like reinventing the wheel back like some for some people it's gonna be like um like kids first favorite new book will be out kids first new movie will be out kids will follow the next cartoon that just came out space force on netflix might be the biggest show of all time you know like your club could be the next big thing i i want power man 5000 to just make it like the biggest i want them to be number one on the billboard billboard chat how about the bilbo chats (laughs) bilbo chats but anyway, so yeah, I mean, I think we're at ground zero and any like anything's possible at this point. I don't know. What do you think about that? I think my biggest fear is that people come out of this unchanged. Yeah, you know? that's a- if, if people if people didn't take this time to, 
you know, if they struggled or if they were scared or, you know, lost everything, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever anybody's situation is. I think the best thing I heard about this whole thing was, you know, people say we're all in the same boat. Like, no, we're not in the same boat. We're in the same storm. Everybody's boat's different. There's some people that are making more money now than they ever made on unemployment. And, you know, because they're, you know, making more than their minimum wage, getting that extra 600 a week or whatever. Um, you know, there's some people that work or that are essential employees working all day long and then coming home and having to tutor their kids or do their school with their kids. Like everyone's situation is different. Yes. And, you know, if you come out of this, like with no other different perspective on life, like that's the scariest thing for me. Yes. You know, I've taken this time to really evaluate who's important in my life. I'm taking this time with my kids to, to try and raise them myself. You know, like you just, you don't get to do that as a working mom. Like I'm busy. I work 40 hours a week plus, you know, and then I I come home and I see my kids for a few minutes and then I leave, you know, we all have jobs and then hopefully, you know, people could take this time and see what's important and be like, okay, like I want to, I'm a bike rider now. I've never ridden a fucking bike before. Like that's funny. I, I ride a bike often because I bought a bike because I didn't have a gym to go to. You that's know? no, we 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 did that too in recent years. We swim and we have uh, bikes. We were we are both avid bikers and swimmers. It just came back into our lives suddenly. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I mean, I, my husband built a, a gym in our garage. Like nice. we have everything we need to work out, and I got my bike, and that's that's what I do now. You know, I don't think that'll go away just because gyms are open again. Like I enjoy riding my bike. Right. I agree with you there. Well, yeah, don't change. And it looks like you didn't. You've only changed for the better, and that's uh, credit to your game, Missy Pusterly. I appreciate your time. Um, Thank you. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Uh, Do you you have anything you want? You don't want to send anybody to, like, anywhere? Like, well, you could plug your club. I I understand, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess the only thing I'd have to say is my Instagram, Missy Posterly, if you want to come see what I'm doing. Um, also, if there are any fans of anything Jersey Shore related, uh, <laughs> Double Shot at Love 2 is coming out on Thursday, and it is filmed at Dre's. So, Get the hell out of here. It is, yes, it is. Oh, you should have um, so, told me that before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's cool, that's cool. Um, yeah, so they did a whole filming um, in October and the, the the girls that run Double Shot at Love the first season they they work at Dre's for you know this uh, this season so you'll have to check it out and I, I make a couple appearances so oh get the it. hell out that's so awesome one of our other shows the Queens do they do reality TV shows and uh, you can get all our stuff and the shows I'm talking about and all my stuff is at uh, you go to Society Thirteen. It's it's actually society thirteen dot com, uh, but you can get everything at my my place is uh, kettle whistle radio. Um, I'm sorry. Let's go with um, go with kettle whistle radio on uh, Facebook, and now I have it on. Uh, I just joined the Instagram thing, though I didn't want to. I'm on there now with Kettle Whistle Radio, but uh, all my stuff is uh, is uh, www.fairlydarkproductions.com for the website and Twitter is at fairlydark. And I have a new comic book out, folks. Um, it is out. It's available at Burning Bulb Publishing. It's actually at BurningBulbComics.com. And that is Dr. Peeler, um, Demon Psychiatrist, issue number one, artwork by Robert Hogland. And it's amazing. It's so much fun. This guy is so good. He, made, he makes me look good. Um, honestly, it's all about the artwork. He's amazing. A story that I wrote with uh, Jess Weary, his daughter. Um, so yeah, that's Peeler. You can go to, like I said, go to burningbulbcomics.com. Check it out, folks. And check out Missy sometime. Man, after you listen to her, go to her club. Go see her in a year, for God's sakes. Oh, God, six months, right? 
Oh God, I hope it's not a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we say a year, maybe they'll try earlier. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. I, I want to come see you too, man. Uh, I owe you a big time visit. I've never been to Vegas. So oh, yeah. You got to check it out, man. It's I, crazy. I, I'm going to look you up when we do it. Trust me. I, I've actually sent people there asking for you. And then I, I forgot to hit you up. Eh. Uh, that's important because people come to the door and they're like, oh, I'm here to see Missy. And like, yeah, I know, I right? <laughs> what was I thinking? Anyway. All right. Well, thanks for doing this, Missy. And uh, just hold on for a second so I can catch up with some of your info. And, uh, and hey, folks, friends and fiends, like I said, hit up that uh, this Friday, Quarantine of Terror Anthology. Just go on Facebook and hit it there and you can watch it on the page. All right. And thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you.
Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid.